folks, and welcome or welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima, again, and this podcast was brought to you, among others, by Emil Gorgis, a Tokyo real estate agent who specializes in serving international or mixed nationality families looking for the perfect family home. So Emil's an Australian. He's been living here in Japan for the past two decades, eight years of which he's been actively buying, selling, and managing real estate properties in the city on behalf of his own family and a great many happy clients. And he also acts as a mortgage broker on behalf of his clients. So his company has a dedicated loan officer in many of the Japanese mega banks. And if you're a regular listener, you probably already know him from our JREP, the Japan Real Estate Experts panel sessions. So you're probably already aware that the man is an absolute fountain of wisdom on all things related to real estate in Japan. And in particular to family homes, the greater Tokyo metropolitan area and mortgages. And most importantly, he's incredibly generous with his time and advice, which he's more than happy to provide at no cost or commitment to anyone asking. So if you've been thinking about buying your home in Tokyo, but you've been sitting on the fence for a while, or if you just want to have a chat in English with a real expert, drop him a line on emil.gorgis, that's E-M-I-L dot G-O-R-G double E S Emil dot Gorgis at Tokyo Realty dot JP. Hit him up today and start exploring your options. All right. So today's episode is our final one for the year and also the final JREP Japan Real Estate Experts panel session for the year. We were one man short again, but we did manage to get a nice little discussion going. Just looking back at how we got started with the JREP panel and where we are with it. And then we dove right into a few other topics, mainly insurance coverage, premiums, claims and compensation, and how these differ between standard policies, added coverage for short-term stays, death in the property and others. We also discussed the balance between response time and cost savings when you're attending to maintenance items, especially in tenanted properties, and also getting renovation and repair estimates on your own versus getting the estimates via your property managers. And finally, we had a nice long chat about adding those extra convenient features to your home, both old and newly built. What are they? Uh, are they worth it? Spoiler, they usually are. So a nice chat to end the year on. Hope you enjoyed as much as we did. Kick back, tune in, and I'll see you again on the other side. There we go. Okay, so last session of the year for the Japan Real Estate Experts panel. Exciting yes. stuff. Minus one. Matt is not with us again today. Yes, he's tending his goats, isn't he? Yeah, goats, monkeys. Goats and was... monkeys. <laughs> this has been really interesting this year. So um, it kind of started off with Clubhouse, uh, which took mm. off in January, I think, is when we got on there. And then we started to do, I guess, for, for some of the listeners, um, who are a bit, I, I don't know, just, just, some, just some history. Um, yeah, it started off being on, on Clubhouse as a bit of a room, a real estate room, and the occasional chat. I think I was doing something like that with my regular kind of real estate rooms. And then um, I know Ziv, we started to do something together a little bit, and Tracy, like, you know, we'd known each other separately um, through, through different meetups and different groups and, and whatnot. Um, and then sure, Tracy jumped on and then we came across Matt as well <laughs> and his unique, um, the Akia. We thought the three of us would be a, the, a good sort of holistic approach to, to the real estate aspect. Um, and then we met Matt, which was something I wasn't thinking about. 
Akia sort of business. I didn't even know that function as a, a business model as he had presented, but he came in and, and um, that was also a, another great, exciting sort of variation on the real estate theme. Um, lots of good topics. But yeah, I, was, I, I jumped on um, the business in Japan. Um, I think every Monday they do the business in Japan group on clubhouse has a founded in japan session with some like it'll talk about like startups and, and business founders and what have you and we, i was just talking to them um uh on monday i jumped on there's their last one for the year and changed some of those guys and we we're reflecting a little bit about how uh the the how clubhouse was at the start of the year um and then this became just a platform we were doing our regular rooms on on clubhouse and as that dwindled down um, we moved to, you know, we thought, okay, yeah, let's let's do this Zoom sort of podcast slash video video thing. Um, but if you think about it, it's been since basically what, February or March this year. We're already coming to late December. Um, we haven't run out of things to talk about yet, which is really interesting. So there's always something that's popping up. So um, I, I guess also we could, like all four of us can talk underwater with a, with a mouthful of cement about real estate. So um, yeah, yeah. I was going to try to image, imagine that, that scenario. <laughs> that was <laughs> tough, but, it's uh, funny because we also we run across the same topics again and again, even when we talk about it. But when I speak to people who actually contact them, they keep asking the same questions, even if they are listeners of the podcast or, or viewers of YouTube. So I guess there's always a new, like like in Emil's Emil's case, everyone keeps asking how much they can borrow and what sort of thing the bank will look at. In our case, we keep getting asked about uh, what's a you know typical yield. And said Tracy, I suppose, always gets asked about um, how to do how to do minpaku profitably and if you can do it with your own holiday home. Like the same topics and questions keep coming up again and again, right? Well, I got an interesting one this week actually from a listener um, who was asking about. Um, you know, some nuts and bolts things like, you know, how to get the proper insurance for, uh, for Mimpaku. And I thought, um, and, you know, and I'm, I'm in the process of introducing them to my insurance company. So, um, and because obviously in, when you're running a Mimpaku business, the, 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 the regular Chintai insurance just won't cover it. And you should never, ever, and this is a bit of a, um, a cautionary tale for people, just never, ever rely on, you know, the Airbnb or the, or the, the guarantees that they give you, you should always have your own insurance. And and a regular chintai, um, a regular rental renters insurance, so like house and contents and even personal liability just won't cover you if God forbid something happens. So, you know, having your grown up pants on and having that, um, having those, uh, you know, uh, provisions in place is really essential so um that's what there i've been helping other people products, with. there are particular products and policies out there from impaku owners are there there are yes yeah. so these so these are covering um so the policy needs to cover things like um damage uh willful damage and also neglectful damage and also accidental damage so that's of person and property um and uh so you know let's say someone has done something like put a heater drying clothes inside of a cupboard with a heater and the whole house burns down for example um and because it's a it's it's not the regular person who's staying there because it's not someone who's on a lease it's someone that's booked um 
on uh, you know on a on a platform, the insurance comp- like the regular homeowners insurance just will not cover you. So you've got, you've done a house; it's gone. Um, but this way, if you have the minpaku, it's it's it says on the insurance policy there will be different people in and out. Um, we and uh, and it's covering you because you know any any time that an insurance company can try and get out of making a payment, they will. Yeah. So you need to have you need to make sure that your business. Uh, activities are listed very clearly on the insurance policy. Um, otherwise, you won't be covered. And how much yeah. more expensive are the premiums in this case? I mean, it's about well, for me, it's about double. So, um, normal normal renters insurance for a chintai is what nimayen, like twenty thousand for two years, um, and I pay about um, twenty thousand for one year. So it's yeah. not it's not massive. It's not a huge it's not a huge expense. Um, but um, I've never claimed I'm a great customer. I'll just pay, you know. Yeah. But it's, you know, of course, <laughs> I was just saying to you before we got online that that um, I've been in I've been with my accountant all morning, and um, these are the sort of costs that are uh, that are classed as a, a business expense. So um, there are certain withholding tax of things, and, and it's you know it comes off your profits so we've you know it's part of your red ink that you can offset any profits and then it's only then on the profits that you pay the corporate taxes yeah. taxes are very confusing here we're uh, frequent claimers actually i think our insurers hate our guts <laughs> what are you claiming for um the typical ones are usually um if a boiler boiler breaks down it leaks water into the apartment under you so that always needs to be covered. And unfortunately, the second most typical one is a tenant died in the property. That happens a lot with elderly tenants. They've died. So what's the insurance, they, they, what's okay. the insurance approach with that? What, 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 what happens with insurance? I'm curious. I have to, so there's, a, yeah. there's a special clause. You need to. It's not part of your normal um, like fire and accident insurance. It's a special clause that you need to add to, um, to the policy. And it's it's pretty cheap for what it covers. I think it's um it's under five thousand yen a year. And what it covers you for is amazing. So it covers you for up to one million yen in uh, related cleaning and renovation uh, expenses, which usually for the smaller one bedroom apartments usually covers almost all of your expenses, if not all of them. And then even more importantly, it covers you for two years of reduced or no rents. Right. So as long as you show that you're advertising the property for rent again, and you can advertise it at the same price, you don't have to reduce the rental uh, amount that you're listing it for. And you can just advertise it in one little place, doesn't matter where. So you're going to be getting, uh, at the end of the two-year period, you're going to get full rental uh, compensation for that entire period from the insurance company. Is that because someone's died there and you have to put that on the, uh, yep. you have to put that on your, advertising that someone's recently died and because of that then people are are uncomfortable about renting and so you're that's covered. the idea behind it yeah um, genius that's yeah, genius I think the, stigma, the stigma is not bad if it's a natural death if it's just like a jisan or basan who just passed away in the i mean the, people are aware of it because it has to be on the listing at least for the next tenant in line but um mm-hmm. it doesn't carry the stigma of like a, de- a murder or a suicide or anything like that mm-hmm. Um, but still, next tenant is probably going to be paying at least a little bit less than what the previous one was, um, just because of that clause. 
And uh, yeah, they cover you for it. So even if the next tenant, even if you happen to, I mean, we don't work too hard to find a tenant in the next two years because we're getting compensation. But even if we happen to find someone and they actually lease the place at a lower rent amount than the previous, then the insurance company will okay, compensate for the difference. Yeah. Um, about that though, so I'm pretty sure if it's a natural death, you don't have to uh, um, and notify future guests. Whereas if it's suicide or murder, it's an it's it used, you are required to notify. It used to be kind of vague. I think they've sort of just recently, a few months ago, they passed a, a clarification legislation that sort of specifies exactly which cases yeah. don't need to be notified. But the property managers still do. I mean, they don't want people to come yelling at them and you know banging uh, on tables in the office because you haven't told me that. Yeah. So they always do. And if we sell as well, if we sell a property, the next buyer also needs to know. Yeah, they're definitely for future sales and whatnot. It's the ones like that. That's what I deal with more so. Um, it's the, the stigmatized um, property, yeah. particular booking, um, which are non-natural causes of death in the property. Yeah. So basically suicide or murder. Um, and murders aren't like that common, like, but we do see the suicide suicide ones. Um, and often the question will be it like, well, what, what happened? We haven't like, had what, any of those knock on wood to date, only natural causes. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't want to talk about the, the insurance though. So, uh, you know, you're, talk, you're talking about that. There's also for when you buy a house, uh, you know, I'll touch on this as well. Um, there's fire and earthquake insurance, like usually the home insurance. Um, fire insurance, you can get one year, three year fire, like or in any kind of duration up to 35 years when people buy a home. It's quite common. Uh, and we can actually put that insurance cost into the mortgage. Okay, so for a house, a three-story house or a three, uh, you know, like a 100 square meter house, Generally, you can get the maybe anywhere between sixty to one hundred thousand yen a year is what the cost of the uh, the insurance is for that property, and you can get uh, and it comes with earthquake insurance as well. However, if you get over ten, like over five years, the earthquake portion is only valid for the first five years. So mm -hmm. let's say it's one hundred thousand yen a year, and you get a five year policy, it's five hundred thousand yen. Maybe mm -hmm. half of that cost is earthquake coverage and half of that is is regular fire and, and disaster and accidental you know damage etc what from year six to year 10 on that policy you're only going to be paying about two hundred and fifty thousand yen equivalent right because there's no earthquake coverage for that longer duration so when you look at the policy if you want to get a 10-year policy it looks significantly cheaper but that's because after year five there's a lot there's the earthquake coverage isn't there Okay, so personally, for me, I get five years. I get my. I renew my policy every five. Years. But you do. Um, uh, you can. You yeah. can renew it after those five years. Yeah, maybe not. Oh, yes, the yeah. price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can. You can. But it's a bit of a chore as well. Um, I guess it's a, a separate thing. It's actually maybe the, the same thing. It gets it's easy to forget. Whereas yeah. if the whole policy expires, it's easy to remember. Okay, I just need to renew the full the full policy, fire and earthquake. One of the benefits, though, to doing the entire like to do a longer duration even like, you know, 10 years or 20 years, is you get a slight discount on the monthly premium. Mm. Not a lot, but the, the bigger fact is if in say eight years time or 10 years time, if you try to renew, maybe the valuation of the building goes, is different and the, the, the cost of the insurance is different. If you prepay, if you sign the contract at the beginning, then it's kind of fixed. Whereas in five years time or 10 years time, you go to renew, maybe the premiums have increased or for less coverage. 
Okay, so it's kind of just locks it in place. Um, so that's the, yeah. some of the benefits. With our insurance as well, um, we have a policy because we live there. Um, I think part of the policy as well is that we've got bike insurance. So basically it covers us for, for and also our child um, for when they're riding, we're riding our bikes. So to and from home and, you know, he goes to school or walking to school. And so, and I think it's like if on our bikes, if we hit somebody. Yes, um, your party is always covered 100%. Yeah. Yeah, so if we're hurt or if we hurt somebody else, then we're covered. So that's that's a benefit of, of having that all together. This, but with inch, I've, and I've spoken because I've got so many insurance policies with this particular <laughs> agent. I have been pushing him and hounding him, and I'm like going, "I've got so many policies with you. Where's my discount? You know, yeah. we've got the car now. We've got the moving company. We've got, um, you know, we've got the car insurance, and also the." you know, this is an aside, my husband runs a, like a, a moving company. And so we actually have the contents of a customer's, uh, you know, up to $100,000 worth of stuff is covered. So we've got everything on insurance policies, but they don't, there's no discount based on keeping everything within the one company. Like I'm used to that in Australia, but here there's no, yeah. uh, there's no bundling available. But what's, um, really, um, what's really attractive for us, because we also we work with the same uh, agent and the same insurance yeah. company for all of our customers. So that's like 200 properties that they've got insured uh, through yep. us. And um, what it really does, I don't think there's a major discount as well, but what it really does, like the claim process. Remember you were saying before insurance companies will always try to dodge having to pay out a claim. They are just completely compliant. Like whenever we make a claim, like, yeah, tick, tick, tick. There you go. Like there's no argument or prove this or prove that. They're just, they're aware that they're making more than enough. So they, they're happy to pay out when they need to. Mm. I've never, I've never made a claim, um, but you know, we're talking about boilers and you were talking about various things because on a short-term rental, our maintenance systems are so, uh, you know, so robust touch to wood. Yeah. touch robot you know because you know i can't have any downtime at all because i've got a you know it's not like a long a long-term guest can can put up with a long-term tenant can put up with you know a couple of days of of things not working but short-term short-term guests will not tolerate things yeah. not working so our maintenance schedule is is really pro, you know uh proactive and making sure that we're not fixing things that are broken we're fixing things before they get broken so you know air conditioners get cleaned on a regular basis, even if they need it or not, they get done and boilers get checked and, and, uh, um, and we bulletproof the houses so that, so that there's very little problem. So we've never, we've never needed again, touch wood, touch everything that we've never needed to make a claim yet. And fortunately no one's died or had an accident. Yeah. Um, so even yeah. with long-term tenants though, we have had the long-term tenants move out and that was hundred percent the landlord's fault. Like, you know, middle of the summer air conditioner unit breaks down. So yeah, it's not a legally life-threatening emergency that you have to sort of fix without getting, but they were starting to now get me another estimate. And why is that so expensive? They took a good few weeks doing it and the tenant just left mid-lease and, and we, we didn't charge them a early vacant, a vacating fee because they were absolutely right to leave. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, I've got properties in, in Australia as well. And you, whenever the, the 
management company in Australia will contact me saying, you know, there's that issue, that issue. Yeah, just send someone out there. Yeah. I mean, well, like someone has to get sent out anyway. The longer you wait, the longer it it, it will take. Um, especially with like those repairs and stuff. I find any appliance repair, um, if you send out like, you know, especially like, you know, washing machine, air conditioners, if you send out the manufacturer, if you contact the manufacturer and they, they send out their service person, it tends to be this like that, that that's that is the fair price quote you yeah. can maybe get it for a bit cheaper but you're talking you know between anyway 30 to fifty thousand yen right um how much are you gonna say maybe ten thousand yen right it's not going to be anywhere or even twenty thousand yen right it's not enough to do the, the headache once you have a, an upset tenant um it's easy to please a tenant by fixing things quickly a vacancy right? is always going to be more expensive yeah always. but when, once they're upset yeah um, That's you right. need to get onto it right well, and, things, and for us in our business, I actually have in storage two to three washing machines, two to three fridges. We've got all that stuff. So, you know, we've, and I have done, if a, fr- if a washing machine's broken down, I've gone around there and swapped it out immediately. Uh, a fridge, fridges are broken down and I've swapped them out immediately. It's like, well, it's not your problem. It's my problem. And I've taken it away and then either fixed it or disposed of it. So... Yeah, fortunately, it's quite easy to get white goods here. Yeah. Um, it's not even worth fixing them. It's just swap, like, we just swap them out immediately. It's funny. People don't realize, not, not just when you have a tenant, but also between tenants. Let's say you've got a vacancy and there's stuff that needs to be done in between tenants. Like, you have to renovate, you have to repair some stuff. The amount of time that people sometimes not thinking about, they start arguing with us and well, we're not even making any profit. It's not like money that goes in our pocket, but they start arguing with us that this and this and that is, you know, $200 more expensive than it should be. But by the time we get three different companies to give you three different estimates on that same thing, this is going to be an extra month of rental income that you could have made if you would have just gone ahead and fixed the damn thing. Right. Mm -hmm. They don't think about that. Yeah. I think that, that's why when we have a few, like just a renovation company that, that or a, a maintenance company that you kind of trust and they've worked with many times, you know, they're going to give you the good price off the bat. Yeah. Okay. Or like, yeah, and it's a fair price. It may not be the cheapest. You could always get something cheaper, but you know, instead of like, you know, I put my air conditioner cleaning, right? I think we pay about 15,000 in a unit when they fully take it apart. And usually our, our units are a bit complex. If we really look around, maybe we can get it for 12,000 yen a unit. But, you know, these guys, we, we have them regular. They, they go, they just, they just go and they do it and there's no muck around and they invoice us. And, and it's just so much easier. Send the wallpapering or anything like that. Um, so I think you can, if you really shop around, you can find something cheaper. But the amount of time it takes, and especially when it's a property, time off the market is, is a lot of, lots of money. Yeah. Right? Anytime where someone can't stay there, it's, lot, it's not like I'm, I'm trying to buy a new phone or trying to buy a new laptop. You can try to find, instead of paying 180,000 yen, maybe you can find the same one for 165. You can save your 15,000 yen after doing two or three days of, of price hunting and research. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, that's not worth it with a property that's generating that much per night. We do have some cases, like for example, a particular property manager that we're very happy to work with because they find tenants really quickly and they place them really quickly. They do a good job, but the estimates that they provide for renovations or repair always tend to be a bit on the higher side. 
And in those cases, just because we've done so many of those, and again, the, the perfect example is a hot water boiler system, the quotes that you get can be significantly different, like same sort of apartment, same sort of size, you know, in liters, hot water boiler system. Um, some companies just, you know, happily quote a thousand bucks more for um, not the exact, uh, exact brand, but for a very similar system. So in those cases where we already know that, you know, that property manager we're happy to work with, but he's not going to get us the best estimates. Like from the get-go, we don't ask them for the estimate. We just contact another company and send, hi, here's the property manager, give him a call and go and install that there, you know? And they're happy with yeah. it. Like they're not, apparently they're not making any extra money. That's less of a hassle for them too, I think. Now we interrupt this broadcast. I always wanted to say that we interrupt this broadcast to tell you about Tokyo Family Stays. They're a short-term rentals company in Tokyo and they offer a home away from home experience, which is just perfect for remote working, quarantining, or if you just need somewhere quiet to hide away from the world. They offer a variety of options for families, corporate relocations, or simply if you're transitioning between homes in Tokyo. So the properties are super comfortable, tastefully furnished, fully equipped with all amenities and they accommodate up to 10 people. So really the only thing you'll need to bring with you is your toothbrush and maybe a change of clothes. They've got fast unlimited wireless internet, dedicated workspaces and fully equipped kitchens and they're just a delight to stay in. Fantastic alternative to uh, Japanese business hotels which if you've ever stayed in one you probably know they're tiny, they're noisy, Fine for a night or two if you're on your own, but long-term or with a family, you'll probably feel you're in a jail cell very quickly. So if you want to give yourself a sense of space and freedom by renting a real home with comfortable Western beds, including necessities like baby bedding, children's toys, high chairs, you definitely want to reach out to Tokyo Family Stays. They've been at it for over a decade. They're a fully licensed minpaku or short-term stay operator. And not only for guests, if you're a property owner, you've got an investment property that you want to tweak for higher income or a holiday home that you want rented out when you're not using it via short-term stays, drop them a line today and see how they can help you maximize your property's income. You can browse their available properties or reach out to them at tokyofamilystays, all one word, .com. Well worth your visit. And just a quick reminder, if you're into a Tokyo family home for you and your family to purchase, or you need a mortgage, or you want to talk to anyone about these topics, Emil Gorgies, emil.g-o-r-g-e-e-s at tokyorealty.co.jp. He's your man. Yeah. Yeah, I find those, those middlemen that, that just charge the higher prices, they, it's just, they just go into anyone and the generic sort of Full, full retail price is what they do it. It's not really their business. They're not trying to make the markup or anything like that. Um, it's just they're, they're, they're just going to the, the full- The full, easiest channel, right? <laughs> full price retail provider yeah. um, for, for the repair. And yeah, they just pay the, the fixed quote where you can get good discounts. Um, I was actually like on the, the topic of renovations, you've got a, a family that just bought a house, um, a, a brand new house, it's a brand new build and we went, and, but they want to add a few things. Okay, um, and because it was a tate uri, so off the, like it's a, so tate uri I've explained before, a developer has built two houses side by side. They bought a block of land and built two side by side. We bought it early on, but a lot of stuff was already decided and we couldn't change it. Okay, um, and now I say, look, so we went there the other day and it's pretty much completed on the outside. The inside, sorry, the, the inside is complete. The outside is still getting some, you know, the concreting and the decking sort of done. And we said, look, we want to add some extra power outlets, some extra like um, land, like Ethernet cables, like wired, wired internet, 
set up, um, change the kitchen counter height, and a few modifications. And when there was a renovation with the renovation company, what's going to happen? I know this, and this always happens because it's happened with myself, and and it happens with other clients. Is especially with a new, like when it's for your personal home, you have this wish list of all the stuff you want done, right? How to make it perfect, right? When it's new, the additions and the modifications. And you get this, then you get the quotes. And usually the renovation quotes are very itemized. So for example, in the kitchen, okay, get a new kitchen. This is the this is the kitchen counter. This is like, it might be a million yen for the kitchen or, you know, 1.5 million yen for the kitchen. But then these other features, like for example, the, the kitchen cabinet. It's like, oh, this kitchen cabinet, is, you thought it's only going to be, you know, it's going to be whatever price. It's itemized at 60,000 yen. Or the, you know, some, like I like the kitchen cabinets now and I've got it in my house as well. Um, the upper ones, it has a rack that you pull down and it's mechanical. The whole arm sort of comes down and it's easy to access. It's not just some like useless one all the way up the top. That's like 50 or 60,000 yen just for that additional unit. Yeah. And so when you see it on the line item, people are like, oh, 60,000 yen just for the unit to come down to me and $600. Like, yeah, no, no. Or this extra outlet, I want a power outlet by the, by the Genkan, by the entrance so I can charge my phone on the counter, right? Ooh, just that is itemized at 40,000 yen. Like when you look at the itemized prices, you're like, oh no, I, did, I can't justify. It's really hard to justify. What really happens though is the renovation company, and like we have a renovation team in our, in our office. So our, agent, our agency does this because we have about, we just hit about a thousand properties under management, um, real estate management. So we have over 10 um, move in and outs, like move outs per week. So we're always doing wallpaper and, and this and that. So um, therefore, our typical Japanese style uh, lease, lease rentals. So we, we got that renovation and cleaning team done in-house. And um, so now with, with clients as well, we do these renovations. And a lot of times, although it's itemized, it's not really the individual item price. There's kind of an overall price. And some of these parts things, and labor and whatnot. Right? Yeah, parts and like, And it says this is the part, this is the labor for it. Oh, so you want that 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 drop down cabinet attachment? That's an extra sixty thousand plus five thousand or ten thousand yen installation. But it's not really. You can't just really remove that line item and say, "Oh, yeah, well, you know, what? I'm going to do it without this and without that." It's it doesn't calculate that. Like the when we do the quote, we kind of prepare it, but you have you have to put some numbers someplace. But it's really a more overall project, not individual items as such. Okay. Um, apart from the part, there is the part cost, of course, but then the insulation is kind of an overall pricing. But one thing I told my clients is, look, if you want all these additional additions done for a million yen, then budget about a million yen and don't get, don't think I'm not going to have the power outlet by the front door because it's an extra 40,000. When you have the house, you're never really going to notice that. It's part of the mortgage, et cetera. It's not just straight up 40,000 yen. It's, you're going to just, not like your front entrance and and three years down the track you're going to think you know what whether i paid 44 million yen for this property or 44 million and 40,000 yen for this property yeah it made zero difference but you're going to wish every time you walk in and out of the house there was a power outlet there you're yeah. going to wish every time you reach for that kitchen cabinet you're going to wish that it was it was there um the house we're doing they have it's got a deck a wooden deck so a little yard out the back maybe like say three meters deep but yeah, substantial. Um, but it comes with a deck that's already 90 centimeters deep, 90 centimeters by about three meters wide. And they want to 
the clients think, look, why don't we just fill up the backyard with a deck, right? So it goes out three meters wide. Yes. And the wife said, yeah, exactly right. I'll represent. And then the, the, um, the, the wife said, why don't we just put concrete? I want to be cheaper if we just put concrete or gravel down and not have the deck. And I'm like, yeah, like you can save 500,000 yen maybe, yeah. 400,000 yen. But you every time you go, you're not going to say, oh, I'm so glad I did this. Yeah. yeah. Picky yeah, battles, yeah, picky battles. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So when we built our house, um, you know, I wanted a full-size dishwasher. Uh, and normally when you build a house in Japan, the, the dishwashers are those stupid little narrow, they're drawers. You can't yeah. even put a proper-sized dinner plate in them, and, and I just hate them. And I had to kick and scream and fight. There were tears. It was not pretty when I built my house that I wanted a full-size, proper, you know, uh, pull-down door, 60-centimetre-wide dishwasher, and I kicked and I screamed. And I had to pay for it. Like, I had to pay $3,000 for something that, if I was in another country, would be just standard or it would cost me me about $1,000. But I paid $3,000, I thank God, every day for (laughs) this dishwasher. It is the best purchase and I'm so grateful that I made that I that I dug my heels in and it's like this is a lifestyle it's a lifestyle decision and it, it's every day I would have cursed this stupid little drawer um dishwasher if I had it but you know it was you, you pick your battles you pick you your battles sorry go ahead yeah I was like, Tracy did you see my dishwasher you came to my house we had a Christmas party I did come to your house and I did see your I did see your kitchen but I don't recall the dishwasher what is it okay because I don't know because ours is like you're saying it's a western one it's a pull down one um we did a 45 centimeter wide one not the 60 centimeter but mm-hmm. it's the same thing but just a 45 centimeter the AEG brand but it looks like the cabinetry and well, we're talking about the cost, right yeah um but just that like to get because it's a Panasonic kitchen Yes, right? I same. asked him, look, just yeah, just leave an empty slot. Don't put a slot there. It's a 45 centimeter cabinet that's going to go here. Just don't put a 40, or you could say, don't put a 60 centimeter slot. Don't don't put the slot in there. I'm going to put my own thing. Um, so that, and for the oven as well, a 60 centimeter wide oven. I go, just don't put anything under the stove. Just leave it as an empty cabinet. Um, and I'll do my own. But then the, the builder said, okay, look, you know what? Get us the parts, like the, the washing machine and the, the oh, oven, and we'll fit it for place. you. <laughs> but but the fridge, you know, we talk about these costs, right? The fridge can come with a generic, like, white panel, or you can attach a matching panel for the, the cabinetry, right? The same as all yep. the kitchen. Now, Panasonic don't sell the doors by themselves or the panels by themselves. You have to buy, if I want a, a 45 centimeter wide, like, you know, uh, 60 centimeter high, 80 centimeter high um, door to put as my dishwasher, like my fake door to make my dishwasher yep. look like a cabinet, you have to buy the full cabinet. So just that was like 60,000 yen. Cause I have to basically, they basically had to buy a full size cabinet with the door, the size that I needed and just trash, trash the cabinet and just take the door. Well, maybe um, that's what I was charged for because, I, again, I have a Panasonic kitchen. I have a 60-centimeter dishwasher. Um, it's an AEG as well. And yeah. um, and it has the panel. It has the, the matching panel, so it looks like a cabinet. Yeah. Um, I think we've probably got the same dishwasher. I got the 45-centimeter version. Yeah. With the buttons on the top when you open but, it. So it's it's the, honestly, I, I love it. Love it. Yeah. The same. Absolutely, um, I would like sleep in it if I could. No, but yeah. um, 
it's so good to have that yeah. proper dishwasher. It's just yeah. a lifestyle thing. And, and, and you saw morning, uh, we've got um, we've got a garden around the uh, the house. It's not a house; it's a ground floor uh, condo unit. We've got like a garden terrace. around it. And um, we postponed, we've been there for two years and it's only a couple of months ago that we finally got a, a water tap installed in the garden. Like when we wanted to water the plants, we used to just carry big bottles of shochu <laughs> outside every time because it was 300 bucks. And yeah, no, 300 bucks. The amount of, uh, you can't quantify the amount of joy <laughs> that you get from just having something convenient in your home. Yeah. Yeah, it's the opportunity, it's the opportunity cost. I mean, when I built my house, I did, I did not take up their, their offer of the outside, you know, the outside um, landscaping and putting the, the driveway in because the price that they quoted for the plus alpha of that was just vulgar. It was disgusting. And I just, landscaping went, is nuts, yeah. the lands uh, so, because they don't, because the, they don't do it. They outsource it. And then, of course, they triple the price of the contractor. So um, they'll give you a quote, which is the quote of how much it's actually going to cost to do, plus their fee. Because, you know, these are big corporate companies. They've got to pay, you know, they've got to earn their money somehow. And it's like, no, nah, that's just not happening. So I, yeah, you've got, I went yeah, directly, to my, directly to a contractor and did it myself for a third of the price. Happy that I yeah. did that. Mm. Yeah, so there, there are some things that are like that, like the Chumon, like they're, they're in addition to the house, whereas there are some stuff which are in the house. So actually, you know, well, let, like, let's talk about some, some you know, we, we're sort of on the topic and, uh, they, you know, I think we'll wrap up soon. It's uh, the, the last one of the year, but uh, I do want to say just, you know, we, we're on the topic of it. The great, I say, not overly expensive, but great features that you have of in your house that are worth the, that are worth kind of every penny. Um, so for, for me, I've got I've got a few, and these are things that you know when you build a house, it's easier to easier to do. But um, definitely, I put on my balcony when I built it uh, when we when the house came done um, a, a natural gas outlet. Yes, I did yeah, that too. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. that, yeah, natural gas. So yes, I did that. My, yeah, because yeah, because the gas tank is like for the barbecue. Is is crazy complicated in Japan? Um, it's it's hard to get. Whereas in Australia, you just go to any gas station, do a swap and go type stuff. Here, it's it's really hard. So, um, yeah. So basically, my barbecue now just runs on natural gas. So just to heat it up, I just I just turn it on and I leave it there for fifteen or twenty minutes to get to a nice three hundred degrees. So it gets nice and hot. And when I finish grilling as well, I'll just I just leave it on for like fifteen minutes on full blast, like empty, and it just chars and, and cooks off all the fat and just burns it. And it's so easy to scrape off. Whereas you can't spend an hour or like you know half hour or an hour of just leaving the gas on to, to heat and to to um, clear the grill when you have just when you've got a paid gas bottle. Which yeah. comes? So can I just sorry to jump in here? Can, uh, this is this is a personal thing, probably not for people who are watching. I have been, I have that on my balcony as well, but I have not found a Japanese barbecue company that will give me, uh, that I can, that I can hook up to. Because, uh, what, what do you mean? Well, what, what, what barbecue have you got? Oh, oh a barbecue. Oh yeah. You know, no, yeah. So you can try to like, so I'm getting to the barbecue discussion. Um, this natural gas and LP gas, like the right. gas, it, the, the LP gas runs a lot hotter. 
Okay. Yeah. It's a lot, lot, lot stronger. So they call, it's called the orifice where the gas comes out inside the, each burner. It's like a little bolt with a tiny hole in it. And that regulates, that controls the, how much gas flow can come out. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. No, you've got you've got so, to change the burners yeah. over, but I. But yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, not the burners. Just, just the the, the orifice, thing. like a little bowl. But which? So, com- yeah. I've tried to buy a barbecue from Webar. I've tried to buy a barbecue. No one will sell me a a gas that they won't guarantee a um they won't guarantee the barbecue if I change the burner or if I change anything to do with the th- thing. Oh yeah, of, of course, of course, yeah. But you, you do it anyway. So you just you just change the orifice <laughs> yeah. to um to uh. And, and natural gas, like Weber, I've got a Weber barbecue. Um, you go to any, like, go to eBay and say, I've got a Weber barbecue or which brand barbecue. I need a natural gas conversion kit. Um, Weber used to sell them originally, but then said it's too dangerous because people don't do it properly. Um, but you just un- unscrew the, the um, like, you take it apart, unscrew the wheel a three burner, unscrew the little gold bolt with a hole in it. It's there's a star bolt, might be like, you know, one millimeter wide for the natural gas, for the LP gas. And maybe one point five or two millimeters wide for the for the um. We'll, con- uh, we'll continue this, con- we'll continue this yeah. conversation online. Or, yeah. If you're like me, you just invite someone like a meal over, give him a glass of wine, and just get him to do it for you. Yeah. No. No. This yeah, is this yeah, is yeah. something that is that has been on my bucket list for two. Yeah. Like you're saying, Ziv, it's like you didn't have uh, like something in your house for two years. This is this is something on it to our wish list for, th- for for the last three years, and that would make my husband very very happy if yeah. I could finally. Anyway, so yeah. what are the things? So barbecue was one. What's what's the other thing okay. that you that you paid for? Dishwasher Automat- is one. Oh yeah, uh, dishwasher and oven. Like you, you saw how much I cooked at my Christmas party. I think we had like yep. six kilos of pulled pork. I think eight kilos of, of chicken. Um, geez, well, we had like sixty people come through for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty chocolate. Hell of a Christmas uh, Yeah, it was pieces, fun. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lots of booze. Um, and what else is good? Um, ah, okay. So gas electric dry- gas, elect- gas dryer. Yeah. I've got a gas clothes dryer. Uh, I'm I'm fine with the regular one, mm. but but, but that, that's only part of the house. That's a clothes dryer. I didn't even know they exist. Cheaper. Oh, cheaper. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. cheaper yeah, and, and it gets done and it gets done in half the time so uh, so, so um but you have to get it when we built the house we actually had to have it so that it has an exhaust fan like it goes out of the house right yeah. so um it's like double the price to buy them new like to buy them just to buy the unit but it just uses up so much less power and like it's much cheaper to run um oh, yeah so the the um most coin laundries will have the gas powered Unit. So if you look next time, go to if you go to a coin laundry, you'll see there's actually a gas outlet and a big duct to go out yeah. um, for, for those dryers. Um, but yeah, I guess with that, the, the unit itself is one thing. But yeah, the connection, right? When getting place like get the gas, get the gas connection. But the stuff that I like in my place are the automatic um, sinks. So my kitchen sink, it's automatic. You just put your hand underneath and it, it comes up. Oh, I haven't got that. Um, that that's one. And I've got that in the bathrooms as well. So basically all the all the toilets have that little sink on the side. Like mm-hmm. the two toilets have a sink on the side. Um, it's great with the kids. So you don't have to touch anything. Just put your hand there and the water comes out. Um, and same in the 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 semendai, the vanity unit in the bathroom. It, it has that. Uh, it has that too. So that's really good, especially with little kids. They can just wash their hands like that. Even our soap dispensers are the automatic ones. So the kitchen gets stream and and they're like two thousand yen on Amazon. Just do that, like the the froth, the bubble, the bubble soap. So because otherwise it leaves residue and it takes time to rinse off for kids. Just do that and and 
um, wash their hands. And probably the next one that I'm always grateful for is the toilet, the automatic seat lifting. Oh, no. <laughs> I've got the automatic um, t- seat flushing. Absolutely. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. The, the other flushing, yeah, that, I mean, I think a lot of that do it, but the, the upgrade that you need to pay is the ones that automatically lift the seat up. So you open the door and it lifts the seat up. And if you want, uh, you know, for guys, if you're standing, you need to leave even the, there's a, the cover lifts up automatically. And then for the guys, if you're standing, you push the button and then the, the main seat goes up. You just walk out and it closes by itself in like after a minute. I'm the only, so, I'm the cool. only woman in my house. So uh, yeah, I'm the only female in my house. I, that's, it's all me, man. It's I'm, I'm, the, I'm the manual. So yeah. So yeah. That, that's, what I think, yeah, good, good value um and do they and cost much store. to maintain like you know do they ever break down or are they oh my my lid i had one lid that broke mm-hmm. family of five and so it gets used a lot and then and you've got little kids and you've got little kids in your house too so like yeah um, things tend to break with littler kids right mm. yeah yes um but the thing is like with the kids it's like you don't want them to like the boy always to have to come and lift up the seat and then use their hand as well and lift up the, the toilet seat mm-hmm. all the time and yeah, then yeah. close it down with their hand. Just just touching the toilet seat all the time. It's like you don't want that. Um, yeah. And even though we have the automatic um, And then come and give you a hug. <laughs> yeah, like who knows if they're washing their hands. We tell them to wash their hands, but all that, it's just, just mm. yeah, like just push the button and no one's touching the seat. <laughs> Japanese tech. If you're watching this from overseas, Japanese technology. I mean, it's pretty standard. Like you know, Japanese toilets. Oh my god, Japanese toilets are just yeah, yeah incredible. They're um, amazing. Let, let's not get into that. Quite dig deep into that topic on the uh, recorded podcast, though. <laughs> yeah. So what what are the other things? I think having like taps outside. So I on my balcony, I put a natural gas. Um, thing and also i put hot and cold water on my balcony so yes so that i have a sink on my balcony and which is actually my roof deck um mainly because i didn't want to be schlepping uh and it's because up on my my up on my roof deck i've actually got a cupboard and it's got its own set of plates and knives and forks and 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 what have you so that i so the only thing i have to be schlepping up and down the stairs are is food and booze um and so i can the dishes and everything the glass the, the the dishes and everything stay there they get washed there in hot and cold water and they get put away there and then they're done um because also they're outdoor they're outdoor suitable for outdoors so hmm. for me the actually hot, uh, after our last move we've decided that we're never again getting a multi-level home like one level is more than enough. No going up and down the stairs for us. Yeah, you're just getting old, Zip, though. It's like, I know. <laughs> yeah. I like the hot water for the kids' pool. Pool on the balcony. Yeah. It's just not freezing cold. It's just, you know, get some warm water going on. Okay. Okay, interesting. It's just more enjoyable. Yeah. So we've got so out so outdoor, um, we've got an outdoor hose, which is great for like you know, especially when you need to hose down the outside of your house. So we, we've actually got a, like a high speed, a high speed water cleaner. Um, and, uh, to, you know, because Japanese houses, they get mold and mildew on the outside. So you can, on the concrete. So um, we've got that. What, what, uh, what other, um, I don't have an oven. We decided against an oven. I've got a, uh, a on, on bench oven. Ah. Oh. 
So, but my gas dryer, I love. So, hmm. All right. I'll have to uh, call it a day soon, folks. All righty. All righty. Well, you know, Mary, it's where I don't know when you're going to put this out, Ziv, but we are recording this on December 22. So um, we are just coming up to Christmas. So Merry Christmas to you all. And Matt, if you watch this, Merry Christmas, Matt. Yeah. Happy holidays and a happy new year. We're probably not going to be speaking. Oh, yes. Year, and happy, so, yeah. happy holidays, Ziv. Yes. So you've had yes, Monica. Oh, yeah, I celebrate any holiday. I am not, not discriminatory mm -hmm. at all. <laughs> any excuse for a holiday. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see you all uh, next in year. In the new year, exactly. So what, are we, what topics are we going to cover in the new year? We should make a plan. Real estate. Actually, you know what? <laughs> you know what? People need to write to us and say, what do you want us to ramble about? Because, you know, what is, yes. what is, what is top of mind? Especially, you know, 2022, it's going to hopefully going to be a different landscape um so what are people interested in that would be good i hope by next time we get together there's going to be some forecast on when we can actually start going to other countries and have people come here and stuff that'd be good but i, I wouldn't yeah i wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't uh, get my hopes too high not just yet yeah it's another local christmas yeah yeah, local New Year. yeah. yeah. all right Bye, well thanks folks. thank you, you so much Happy 2021. bye bye, bye. bye. All right, so that's it from us for this year, folks. And as Tracy was saying there, we'd really love it if you could write to us and let us know what topics you'd like us to discuss next year and on future episodes, uh, whether on the panel or just for me to break down for you if you prefer. So please feel free to reach out to us in the comments section of wherever you might have found this episode or via email if you prefer on info at nippontradings with a double P.com. And if you happen to be tuning in before the end of the year, here's wishing you and your loved ones a relaxing holiday and a fantastic, exciting new year ahead. Now, before we go, we're also, as always, going to tell you and also link to our other sponsor's website. That's Hiroshi Shimizu, immigration lawyer and administrative scrivener. If you're thinking about moving here on a more permanent basis or you're already in Japan on some sort of a temporary visa and you want to switch to a longer term or permanent one, or if you're considering setting up a local company or a branch office of a foreign company and you've got any sort of business or visa-related inquiries, or even if you just want to find out what your options are on any of these topics, feel free to contact Hiroshi Shimizu. You can find him at japanimmigrationexperts.com and he can help you set up a company, apply for any kind of visa, or just provide you with the best advice and extremely affordable consultation related to these topics. And he's already done that for many of our listeners. So feel free to reach out to him. Again, that's japanimmigrationexperts.com and you'll be well on your way. And that's it from us for today, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Japan Real Estate Podcast. Do share it with your networks and please let us know what you think. So leave us a short rating or review on the iTunes store, on Spotify, or just drop us a line in the comment section of wherever you might have found this episode. We love hearing from you. Hope to have you with us again next time. And until then, have a great day or night ahead. Yoroshiku. Yoroshiku.